electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod. It's that time again, COVID cases springing up with the daisies. But Moderna CEO Stefan Bonsell believes that the world is better prepared than ever. I think it's very wise to get ready for a fourth dose in this spring for people at high risk. Larry Fink, CEO of the world's largest asset manager, says globalization as we know it is over. Was there globalization during the Cold War? Is there globalization ex-Russia and potentially ex-China? It's Western versus Eastern. Depending on their behavior. All that today, but first, an extraordinary meeting for NATO with the world's leaders. When it comes to chemical weapons, is that a red line for NATO? Should they be prepared to act? Vladimir Putin has already crossed the red line into barbarism. It's Thursday, March 24th, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. Good morning, Mr. President. President Joe Biden joined fellow NATO leaders in Brussels, Belgium, for an emergency meeting, the first of three summits of world leaders just today focused on responding to Russia's war in Ukraine. When it comes to chemical weapons, is that a red line for NATO? Should they be prepared to act? Look, I think that the reality is that uh, Vladimir Putin has already crossed the red line into barbarism. And I think it's... 30 heads of government came together in person, complete with what they call a family photo. And the group was expected to discuss plans for troop deployments and whether a more permanent military force is needed in Eastern Europe. Welcome to this extraordinary NATO summit. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg said today's discussion is critical. We are united in condemning the Kremlin's unprovoked aggression and in our support for Ukraine's sovereignty and territorial integrity. We are determined to continue to impose costs on Russia to bring about the end of this brutal war. President Biden will huddle with G7 leaders as well and address reporters later this afternoon. Okay, thank you. Thank you. We started Squawk Box today with this extraordinary summit. Anchors, as usual, are Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Here's Andrew. I want to get straight to Brussels this morning. That's where President Biden is meeting with other world leaders on Russia's war in Ukraine. And Kayla Tausche is there on the ground. Kayla, good morning. Good morning, Andrew. President Biden just concluded a bilateral meeting with NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg after Biden this morning told the NATO alliance, according to a senior official, that the U.S. supports adding more troops on NATO's eastern front. Earlier today, President Zelensky of Ukraine accused Russia of using phosphorus bombs but did not provide evidence of that. And while he did not ask for a no-fly zone or for admission to NATO, he did repeatedly ask for military planes and tanks and says Ukraine cannot defeat Russia without them. A U.S. official tells reporters that there are currently discussions to send Ukraine anti-ship missiles. We 
We'll see if that deal gets finalized. Western leaders are expected to announce new sanctions on Russia later today and tomorrow a plan to ship more natural gas to Europe. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson says the sooner Putin begins to feel even more financial pain, the sooner the war will end. The Kremlin today confirming Russian billionaire Roman Abramovich played a role in the early stages of ceasefire talks with Ukraine, but a Kremlin spokesman says now the countries are handling their own negotiations after reports that Abramovich was excluded from U.S. sanctions because of this role as mediator that he had been playing. As the war now enters its second month, NBC News reports that the U.S. will announce a plan to accept 100,000 Ukrainian refugees. The United Nations says three and a half million Ukrainians have fled their country. Guys. Hey, Kayla, is this the Russians effectively throwing Abramovich now under the bus because he wasn't sanctioned? Because effectively what they're effectively saying, I think, is if they're not, if he's no longer playing mediator, maybe they should should take his stuff. Uh, perhaps. I mean, there are now many reports out there. So the Kremlin was responding to a question from a reporter about the role that he had played uh, and saying, suggesting that he is no longer playing that role anymore. The Wall Street Journal report suggested that the discussion between Biden and Zelensky on Abramovich took place several weeks ago at an earlier phase of this. So it's unclear uh, whether the Kremlin is accurate in that assessment. We do know, of course, that the U.K. has included Included, uh, Abramovich on its sanctions list. Of course, he has a lot of property there. So uh, there has not been a uh, united strategy on how to tackle uh, his assets specifically uh, between the allies. But we'll see whether that changes in the next few days. Okay. Kilitaoshi in Brussels, thank you. Take a look at what's been happening to crude oil prices, because yesterday crude was up by more than 5 percent. Joe, for the week, crude oil, WTI, up by about 10 percent, and that is going to feel mean some pain at the pump. When we went to 130, remember when we went to 130? That, that reminded me of, like, the speculative spike that may not be uh, necessarily uh, based on, on supply-demand dynamics. This is, right. this is where quick. we deserve to be right now, if you look at what, what's really right. happening. In tra- if Russia produces one out of every 10 barrels that the world uses, and even though Europe hasn't cut them off, they can't get parts to fix these crappy old um, uh, wells that they have right there. They can't get parts for, for the pipeline. Euro right. crude is selling for $85, but people don't really want it. So it's going out and then it's being stored. So there's no room to store it anymore. So I don't know where we're headed, but I think it's up. I mean, I think it's higher. Higher, well, you, and, you I, and I don't think anything is going to change for a while. Yeah, potentially 150 this summer. We are headed into the summer driving season. You are seeing demand take off. Yeah, you're you're seeing demand take off. This is the reopening of the economy, and we have more demand, and it's much smaller supply than we had. Yeah, the whole situation in Russia is is bad and getting worse. It's not as bad as it could be some of the sanctions. I mean, nobody expects Europe necessarily. They can't cut off natural gas. They can't do that. So no well, not one right now. They, I mean, they, no. they've got a plan for a couple of years from now, but not today. And even oil, they can't, they can't really cut off. But, you know, if oil can go to negative, you can see that it, it, there are technical things that make it swing all over the place when it's not real. But I really think 114, I think I might buy it at 114 it, if I could put it in I, my yard. I don't know if we can see delivery. some of the forward contracts. I don't know if we can take a look at some of the forward trading contact, contracts. I haven't seen them today, but I know yesterday at least. Some of those uh, contracts that trade a little further out a few months out were trading a little bit lower. I don't know if that's changed, but I, I think you're right to say Katango, that there's nothing that on the that? horizon. 
I used to like um, to say I that at cocktail parties, well, you know, some cavities have gone katango. People go, wow. <laughs> He must uh, not really. I think he must know what you're talking about. I don't even know what you're talking. about. I think it's. Uh, no, it's when it's either backwardation or contango. When the when the the, the months see, are further out. See, there you go. Out. Yeah, backwardation is. Backwardation, I think, is where. My whole life seems to be based on backwardation at times. Uh, it seems like, but yeah, uh, contango. With energy prices at multi-year highs, Washington debating taking action. A group of three House Democrats have now introduced what they're calling the Gas Rebate Act of 2022. The headline of that legislation, if there's a month when the national average gasoline price is above $4 per gallon, Americans get $100. Dependents will also get another $100. There are income limits. Single people making less than $75,000 would get a whole amount with the checks being phased out for those making more. Now, single income earners above 80,000 won't qualify. As for joint filers, those earning less than 150,000 would qualify for the full $100 payment. You don't like that. I don't like it. Number one, it's not a rebate because it's not coming from the, it, nothing I don't was like paid it. in. I don't like it. Number two, well, not I because just, of the, you saw the journal piece. I know your favorite paper had a cute editorial. Yeah, I saw that. Government paying, paying uh, citizens to pollute, paying citizens that's to, not to why, emit. No, I, you know, <laughs> but that's not why I don't like it. Why don't you like it? People need it. You know what? We've been we've been giving out a lot of checks. We've been writing a lot oh of checks. Oh my God! You are really we've you been are writing. You're growing a lot you're of growing. checks. You're growing. You're growing. And and you're it's, not, you're, it's just about being realistic. I felt this way about the last stimulus bill. You know, I felt this way. This is awesome. I'm just I'm, there's there's it a limit. There's it's an upper much. limit it's to where where you gotta be. What the California governor is planning on doing, giving out $400 gas cards for every car that you own, which seems crazy. I think it even accounts even if you're using an electric vehicle. I'm telling you, um, the world's gone mad. Fair is foul. The world's gone mad. The world's upside down. Such a fair and foul world I have not seen. Um, That's when the three evil sisters come along. Remember that? Yeah, Macbeth. New chapter in the battle for control of app stores. Google now testing an option for some apps to bill users directly. It's an alternative to paying through Google, and it's a concession to mounting antitrust concerns over app store fees. It's testing the new method with streaming giant Spotify. Reports saying if users choose to pay Spotify directly instead of using Google's billing system, Spotify won't have to give Google that entire 15% fee. Although Google says it hasn't yet sorted out financial terms, Spotify shares rose on that news. And it would be interesting whether it becomes a forcing mechanism, talk about forcing mechanisms, Joe, uh, for Apple uh, in terms of whether they would have to follow a suit and what that would mean to all of these so-called ecosystems and the the finance side of it. Meantime, shares of Match Group also rose. The company owns dating apps Tinder and Hinge. Uh, It has sparred with Google over app fees in recent years, and uh, there's a little bit of a hope there that they won't have to pay those fees either. So you can swipe right or left, or I don't know what you're supposed to do, but... It's time to buy match, baby. Time to buy match. That's what they say. Yeah, out and about, man. They're going to, with a vengeance, I guess. <laughs> right? People can go out again, right? That's right. Come together. So, right now. Pent up demand. Over me. That's got to be a reopening stock, Andrew. <laughs> Isn't it? I think, think. it was re- I think it was doing okay were, during uh, this whole period. Really? Yeah. They, right. Really? That's what I, I think was happening. I don't know. Just, I don't know. He kept her best. I would say for at what least is, a year. What do you, what do you say? Over Zoom. I'm not yeah. sure what was that. No, people were having relationships over Zoom. You didn't know about that? 
I know about that one guy, CNN. Um, no, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. About. All right. All right. Never mind. That's, okay, that's how on. people work. <laughs> Coming up on Squawk Pod, Moderna CEO Stefan Bonsell says, roll up your sleeves. It could be time for a fourth jab. There's a big wave of BA2 variants in Europe right now. As many public health experts have said, this should start in the US very soon. And you start already to see it a bit on the East Coast. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Uptrack, standby Joe. This is Squawk Pod with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Here's Joe. Moderna holding its vaccine day, be announcing some new uh, vaccine developments. Meg Terrell joins us now with a special guest. Good morning, Meg. Good morning, Joe. That special guest is Stefan Bonsell, the CEO of Moderna. Stefan, thanks for being with us this morning. A lot of news coming from you guys today, as well as over the past couple weeks. And I want to start with a question about your COVID vaccine and the fourth dose, uh, the booster application you filed with the FDA. You went for everybody 18 plus, whereas Pfizer went for just 65 and older for that fourth dose. Why'd you go so broad and what's your expectation of how that'll play out? Good morning, Meg. I think we wanted to give the regulators, the FDA, and regulators in other countries, the flexibility. As you know, you have people that are younger uh, adults that have comorbidity factors, and they might need soon a fourth dose to protect them. So, of course, it's going to be a dialogue with FDA like always, and we submitted all the data that we had to give them the best, best possible information to make the best decision. And it sounds like, from what the administration has been saying, this could happen, some authorization, don't know which population yet, but could happen over the next few weeks. Is that your expectation in terms of timing? I think that will make a lot of sense. And if you look already, several countries around the world have started the fourth dose testing uh, in people at high risk. As you know, uh, there's a big wave of BA2 variants in Europe right now. As many public health experts have said, this should start in the US very soon. And you start already to see it a bit on the East Coast. And we should not forget those numbers, I believe, are massively underreported because of home testing. And a lot of people are also asymptomatic. But if somebody at risk that has been uh, vaccinated a long time ago gets now infected with BA2, they are potentially going to be hospitalized. And that's what we all want to avoid. So I think it's very wise to get ready for a fourth dose in this spring for people at high risk. Well, speaking of other populations who need protection, uh, kids under the age of 
five don't yet have access to vaccine. You, of course, had data yesterday showing that two doses uh, showed a similar immune response as young adults. However, against Omicron, we see against mild disease, that's only about 40% protective. What's your expectation for the pace with which this will get through the FDA and how that'll be received by the regulators? So we've been in constant dialogue with the regulators, not only in the US, but around the world. And as you know, there's a very big need for vaccine, vaccine available for this young population. Uh, and so, we are very excited about the data because we met the primary endpoint, which was neutralizing antibody, which is as good, as high as what we've seen with adults, with boosters, with teenagers. And that's really what we believe uh, is really important. The efficacy data, and again, it's efficacy against infection, not efficacy against hospitalization or deaths, of course, is very similar to what we're seeing in the adults under Omicron, because we should not forget that this vaccine in the six-month to five-year-old age group was tested uh, in the middle of the Omicron wave. And so it's actually quite uh, expected that the efficacy against infection would be similar to the others. Right, and the hope, of course, is that the antibody protection that you see, the antibody levels, would confer protection against severe disease, similar to what we see in young adults. And of course, your ultimate plan is to combine your flu and COVID vaccines and potentially an RSV vaccine into this kind of trifecta of a respiratory vaccine, which you announced this week. You also announced a new vaccine program against the four endemic human coronaviruses. Is that looking like a vaccine against the common cold? Tell us about the plans there. Yeah, so many people don't realize that there are actually four strains of coronaviruses that circulate in the community way before the COVID pandemic. And those strains drives 10 to 30% of respiratory disease in older population. And again, like we see with COVID, most younger people, as you describe it, they might have like a cold, like some people have had while vaccinated with Omicron. But again, our goal here is to protect people that are vulnerable, people that are, you know, older, people that have comorbidity factor, people that have cancer, you know, that have organ transplant, people that because of their job, like healthcare workers, can get exposed to very high level of barrel loads. That's why we want to develop this vaccine. As you know, our goal at Moderna is very simple. We believe people should not get sick, hospitalized, or dying in today's age because of a respiratory virus. And our aim as a company as you described, is to combine all those into a single annual booster. It might not be a product that a 25-year-old want to get every year, but we believe it's a product that people at high risk will want to take, uh, and also people who just don't want to be sick. You know, I've been taking a flu shot for the last 20 years every fall. Is it because I was worried of dying or getting hospitalized? No, I'm in pretty good health, but I took it because I didn't want to get sick. Hey, Stefan, it's Andrew here, and, and obviously you're doing remarkable work, but I do have to ask you uh, about your stock sales because um, it's become a, a point that I think a lot of investors have questions about. Uh, you've sold an enormous amount of stock now uh, over the past several years, about, uh, from, from what I can tell, about $408 million in stock since the pandemic began. Can you speak, and I, and I know it was done through a 10B5 plan, and so it was, it was planned to some degree in advance, but can you speak to the optics of that and what you think it says to the, to the investors in Moderna, some of whom have made out very well since the beginning of the pandemic, but others who bought in perhaps later on uh, when the stock has since come down? Sure. So those 10B5, as you described, were set up right at the IPO timing. They were actually kicking off almost a year after the IPO on the IPO anniversary. 
And they were set with you know regular sales, like we believe is best practice, same amount of stock every day. As you can imagine, when those plans were set up, uh, I did not anticipate that there would be a pandemic. So uh, if you look at the, the, the stake I have in the company, it has actually not decreased despite those sales because uh, you know, I I bought a lot of stock. I'm actually the only investor in the world who bought stock at every private round before the IPO with cash. And I also my stock option as an employee, as a CEO of a company. Actually, I have never sold to this day a single stock option. I've never exercised a stock option. And so as my options get vested over time, like in any company, actually my, my equity position in the company has not decreased and it's still very significant. Most of my wealth and my family wealth is in the modern stock. And so uh, if you just look at the numbers, I don't think anybody is worried about the, the, the sales of the stock in a sense. My position in the company is still extremely large. All right, Stefan, we really appreciate you being here this morning. We'll be tuning into your vaccine day and looking for all the news uh, that you're going to be presenting there. Thanks again. Thank you. In our community right now, we are seeing a big spread. It's in the schools. Um, it's people bringing it home from work. And again, a lot of those are not getting picked up. So, yeah, it's here. Don't know how aggressive oh, this about, is. Oh, in what terms do you think about, Eric, the mayor in New York here? What do you think? Uh, I, you know, with I've seen some people raise some valid the, yes. questions of why would you do Kyrie. this just for celebrities? Why not do it for, uh, you know, because the, the Nets NYPD don't have a chance unless we can get Kyrie back. This That's why. True. This is true. That's why. What, like what else? Is there another reason? Well, you're not okay also, with well, yeah, because he's getting pressured. He's getting pressured by a lot of yeah. um, famous people to do just that. So, again, and you, you saw, by the way, that the cops are. The cops are, are, are upset yeah, about this. The NYPD and the fire department very yep. upset about this. Why, why doesn't it apply to them? I had the Nets, and, and they both, uh, Durant and Kyrie, I, I had on a parlay, both scoring over 25, and they both did, and then the Nets lost anyway. Sorry. Uh, but I, I, that, that's, you know. You digress. Yeah, I digressed yeah. again. Sorry. Go ahead. <clears throat> that with your head. Cheese will be next. Next, on Squawk Pod, the CEO of the world's largest money manager, BlackRock's Larry Fink, is telling his shareholders it's the end of the world as we know it. Well, the end of globalization. So is China in or out? I don't get why they don't think of this as one of the greatest opportunities in the history of man to take the lead. No, they could if they actually jumped in and decided we're going to actually do the right thing rather than align themselves with the sort of axis of evil situation. Right. No, I don't think the right thing means economically the right thing. We'll be right back. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. And we're back with more Squawk Pod. 
I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. BlackRock's Larry Fink is out today with his letter to shareholders. The head of the world's largest asset manager starts his annual communication with the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the impact that the war has had on markets around the world, specifically the rate of globalization. Here's what he writes. I remain a long-term believer in the benefits of globalization and the power of global capital markets. Access to global capital enables companies to fund growth, countries to increase economic development, and more people to experience financial well-being. Recent events and the swift sanctions Western economies have levied against Russia have shaken his approach somewhat. And Fink says this, too. The Russian invasion of Ukraine has put an end to the globalization that we have experienced over the last three decades. Access to capital markets is a privilege, not a right. And following Russia's invasion, we saw how the sector, the private sector, quickly terminated longstanding business and investment relationships. And guys, I think that's what's incredibly interesting here. If, if Larry Fink is saying that, that globalization as we know it is coming to an end, that, that means something. We, we've talked about basically my entire professional career just being an expansion of globalization. We are watching this in a lot of different ways. Larry Fink talking about this, what we heard yesterday from Intel CEO when he's talking to Congress about making sure that we can shore up plants here in the United States. It really does seem like we are coming to the end. And, uh, you know, you want to talk about backwardation. Right. This is backwardation when it comes to globalization. What's well, me, this is a, like a next level of post-pandemic. We didn't know this was coming. But when everyone talked about resilience and what was happening with the supply chain then, and now it's sort of, has, this whole issue has been elevated in a whole different way. So if you're Apple at this point, I think you have to have a real conversation about whether you want to be in China. And, and, and how do you diversify at this point? Is there labor in other countries? You know, everybody thinks China is this sort of magical place where somehow you can, you can surge labor when you need it to make the phones, and you keep, but somehow this doesn't exist in other places. Is, does this become a does India benefit from this? Does Mexico benefit from this? Where do, where do you You've do this? Seen How do you do this? Benefit from this? Does Vietnam do? And if you do yeah. this, by the way, is it going to start to show up in the numbers? Meaning, there's going to be huge capital costs to trying to move some of these, or at least even duplicate some of these efforts in well, other countries. Right? Globalization was there globalization during the Cold War? Can you have globalization and not have? Is there a global globalization ex Russia and? Potentially ex-China, depending ex -China. on, on That's their a, it's Western versus depending Eastern. on their behavior, uh, on whether right. they can stay right. with, it, and it remains to be seen that it's possible. But think about think about margin compression. If this is true, if you really you think the supply chain is going to yeah, move things around, and labor. It's everything. not just move it around. It's going to be the initial cost of the move, and then the secondary well, that's why, ongoing cost. That's why you've got Intel CEOs and others asking for right. congressional help on this. Right. You know, they, they want to do this. Advantage. They want to build plants here, but they don't want to do it yeah. necessarily with their own money without right. having Which is also tax ridiculous because least. for the last you know three well, decades, everybody left here you know to go for the cheapest possible thing, and now now not only do they right. want to come back, they want to get paid to come back. I mean, was there globalization during the Cold War? Was there globalization during the Cold War? Because we are, this I is mean, Cold War. Well, sure. There's no I mean, way this is not Cold War 2.0 because it's going to be in how long. But arguably, there was. Right, ex-Russia. Right. Well, so ex-Russia, but during Russia? the Cold War, there was, there was you know, if, if, think back to just a company like Nike, right? Take that for example. During the Cold War, they were building up and making these partnerships, and it was Phil Knight himself who was going over to China, creating these these places, finding places where you could have factories and bring uh, sneakers back in more cheaply. I mean, that, yeah, it was taking place, but it wasn't taking place in Russia, in the Soviet no. Union. Right.
And it would be a big difference between just Russia and if China is truly the new world right. order, they become aligned against us. They are, it seems like, headed that way in the new world order aligned. But I think I don't China, get it, though. China might eventually realize I this may not be good. I don't get why they don't think, think of this as one of the greatest opportunities in the history of, of man to take right. the lead. They could, they could actually take the I hate to say it. Here I am. And, no, they could. If oh, they I actually know, jumped in and decided we're going to have to do the right thing, rather than align themselves with the sort of axis of evil situation. Right, no, I don't think they're and worried all about of these. Right. The right thing means economically the right thing. And if they think hard enough, it's like, do I want to sell into that robust Russian economy to all the consumers there or the rest or the West or Europe? No, but they may the look United at Russia States. and say, hey, they're going to supply them with all of the things that they need in, in terms of everything from wheat There's no to economy energy, to sell into. To Russia needs, I'm, no, uh, but China they, needs. I'm just saying take from. Way, they're still an export nation. They want to be a consumer-driven nation, but they need to export to, to, for their citizens to be able to consume, export and import. Yeah. I think China's going but to But Russia has a lot to, of natural to do resources that right China thing. might want. Ding, 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 ching right thing. I don't think they're right thing by us. They're not going to do it morally, are they? They're no paragon there. Follow the money. And that is Squawk Pod for today. Are you a regular listener of this podcast? Let us know. Send us a tweet at Squawk CNBC. Include the hashtag Squawk Pod if you'd like. Share any thoughts or comments with us there. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. And to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, follow Squawk Pod. Thank you for listening. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 